Hello everyone, this is Hugh Jackson. I'd like to settle a score once and for all. Tony is the strongest commissioner. On top of that, he also has the best hair. Sorry, Matthew Kendall. What's going on, guys? This is the 58 West King Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tony. I'm joined once again by the dynamic duo of Matt and Matt. How you fellas doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. First you drop in like, is that the the Lightning McQueen? What what is that? It's it's a hybrid. There's actually a video that's running rampant online. It's a surfer guy being interviewed about surfing. It's like, first you go in like, and then you drop in, you're like, just yeah it's fun so okay. that's what we're doing here copy that before we get into the main segment i wanted your guys's thoughts on a mock draft i did with the guys over at the fantasy tap matt i invited you to this but you didn't make it before it started it was a half ppr 12 team a single quarterback two wide receiver two running back tight end flex and five bench i was at the 105 and i ended up with lamar jackson as my quarterback at wide receiver i got calvin ridley and terry mclaurin i know you like that kendall running back i got alvin Kamara and Damian Harris. Tight end, Jonu Smith. You know, I was going to suffer somewhere. At my flex, I had DJ Moore. On my bench, Javante Williams, Jerry Judy, Tony Pollard, Devin Singletary, and Trey Lance is my late round flyer. How are we feeling about these guys? I mean, you probably know this, but you're pretty weak at your uh, running back too. I don't think Damian Harris is going to be a week-to-week guy that you can rely on, uh, yeah. especially in a PPR league. But you're looking at some stud wide receivers in this range Ridley McLaurin they're going to provide you that baseline and then you have that uh consistent DJ Moore who spoiler alert will probably get to later in this episode if Judy can take a step forward in the next year I think it's going to be a stud this is kind of the anchor running back approach where you have a stud running back and then you just try to slop together any running back two that you can find on the uh, waiver wire. But I think you're set up. I really like that strategy. And if I was drafting in the first four or five picks of a league, that's probably the strategy I would go with. I, I like it. And, and you were right with the anchor strategy. I took Kamara in the first round and I waited, I believe, until round six to grab Damien Harris. I am rock hard for that, that lineup. I am very, very bullish on Damian Harris this year. Sure, I have him in a dynasty league, but when he runs the ball, he runs a purpose. He he's got he looks like he can handle the workload. And as long as Cam Newton's not under center, he will have a really good season. And I think it's only a matter of time before Mac Jones takes that job. And then Damian Harris will get almost all of the goal line work. And you're gonna be sitting here super happy with him as your RB2. Well, I love the roster. I'm glad you guys like it too. Uh, Michael, the host of the Fantasy Tap, the show over there, he was at the 1.8, and he ended up with, uh, at quarterback, Justin Herbert. At receiver, he has Allen Robinson and Robert Woods. Running back, he was able to grab Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler in the first and second round, so I, I love that duo. Tight end, he has Mike Kosicki. He's flexing Brandon Ayuk, and on his bench, he has Trey Sermon, James Conner, Philip Lindsay, Antonio Brown, and Russell Gage. So any love... For Mike's roster. I mean, as you said, starting off with Aaron Jones and Eckler, was it? Yeah. That's your bedrock right there. Yep. Allen Robinson, he's going to provide you that consistent floor. He gets like 150 targets each uh, year that he plays, and he's had worse quarterbacks than Justin Fields or Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton might be the best quarterback he's ever played for. Underrated, but I like it, is Mike Gesicki. You actually saw his target share and his amount of targets 
tick up under Tua Tungavailoa. So I think he can scrape together there. So I, I like it. I like it too. Obviously, starting out Jones Neckler is huge. Oh, yeah. um, I personally have some concerns about Herbert that we've documented on previous episodes. Um, so going in, you're going to want to pick up later on in the draft. Probably would want to pick up a solid quarterback too, a Matt Ryan, somebody that you can throw out there in case he doesn't live up to expectations. And then I used to be super high on Yosiki. I actually have some concerns with him. Uh, he plays majority of his uh, snaps from the slot, and that seems to be where Waddle and Will Fuller will line up. So I have a concern about exactly how Gusecki is going to fit into this offense. Maybe they'll figure out a way to get them both on the field or him somewhere else. But historically, where he's lined up is not going to be where they're going to utilize him this year. I love the idea of Mike Gusecki. It's like one of the most athletic tight ends in the NFL. We've seen what he can do when he's targeted, but he just doesn't seem to get the volume. And then Justin Herbert, just the the draft stock you have to put to to get him right. It's it's high. It's I think fifth or sixth round. So me personally, I'd I'd want to wait. And I say that, and I went Lamar Jackson, but I don't mind this roster at all. I think his core is was probably the most solid out of all the teams with Eckler Jones at running back and then Woods and Robinson at receiver. So I think he did a fine job. He did a fine job. He has depth too. He has Trey Sermon on his bench. We've talked in previous episodes about Antonio Brown and then Russell Gage. We, I don't think we've talked at length about him, but he's stepping into a lot of targets there. We know Julio Jones is gone and Kyle Pitts isn't going to get everything right. So some of that might go to Russell Gage and he played really well last season in Julio Jones absence. So uh, it was good mock draft. And thanks again to those guys for letting me in on a few of their recent mock drafts. You can follow their show at the fantasy tap on Twitter. So thanks for the feedback there, gentlemen. Let's go ahead and move on to the meat and potatoes of the show. You know, we've all been in a position where we didn't live up to expectations, whether it was at work or maybe even at home where we couldn't stop disappointing our family. But the great thing about life is that we almost always get a chance to pick ourselves up and turn it all around. In today's episode, we're going to provide you with the players that you can target who we believe had a down year, who might be going at a discounted ADP as a result and who could potentially find themselves in the comeback player of the year conversation at the end of 2021. So who wants to get us started? I, I prepped for this episode um, by watching the end of the Tiger Woods documentary on HBO. Getting ready for that comeback player. Uh, not going to lie, I cried when I watched rewatched the footage of him winning the 2019 Masters. Just I uh, my favorite athlete of all time, love Tiger Woods. Any hoozles. I'll get us started here, and it is a running back, and you're getting a value, and he's dropping – two or three picks and you're still getting value. And that's Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I think his current ADP is at six. I would take him as high as four, possibly even three if it was a standard league. Yeah, he had a down year last year to expectations because you were taking him with a third or fourth pick, but he still yep. finishes the number 12 running back on the season. And previous two years, he finished in the top five. And what was the biggest change? His quarterback went down. Andy Dalton played like <laughs> His offensive line went down. There was just so many things working against him. I have previously criticized Zeke's heart in previous episodes on this podcast, talking about how um, he'll pull himself out of game once they're down, or when the chips are down, he kind of looks like he checks out. But the guy's a workhorse back. He doesn't get injured. He plays, and when the offensive line's good and the quarterback plays good, he just he eats. He literally eats. So give me Zeke for the comeback player of the year. So you went in division with uh, with the Eagles, huh? Yeah, I. Above all else, even above being an Eagles fan, I'm a. He's a Browns fan now. I I don't I don't know if you've heard. Well, we've talked about it. I'm working on it. But <laughs> as of today, as long as the Eagles aren't continuing to work on a Watson trade, I don't have to work on trading to the Browns. But if they trade for Watson, I'll trade to the Browns. So there it is. If I'm still welcome, Kendall. Oh, you're still welcome. <laughs> Join the bandwagon before it's too late. Yep. You want to be like, I was a fan before they won the Super Bowl. Oh, my so. God. They're my pick. I, I wrote Tony earlier this year. They're my pick to win the AFC. So Smart man. That's a bold statement. All right, Kendall, who you got? 
All right, so my comeback player of the year, you can get them in the middle rounds towards the six. I mentioned them on previous episodes, but it's DJ Moore. So we saw his usage completely change under Matt Rule. His average depth of target jumped from 11.7 to 13.7. So we saw him being more of the deep threat. And he was targeted on deep targets, which is considered over 20 yards, on 22.1% of the time versus 16.1% of the time in his previous season. So he's targeted more downfield. His average depth of target is further down the field. Typically, we'd like to see that. But DJ Moore is a yards after the catch guy. So he transformed from into a wideout as opposed to strictly a slot guy. So we saw that evolution there. However, his target share was roughly the same last year. So he was 22.3% target share last year versus 22.5. So we haven't seen his targets dip, but his targets are getting further down the field, but the touchdowns still didn't come. So he had only four last year. Maybe that's just more, but I think we're going to see some positive touchdown regression this year. I also think Curtis Samuel leaving will open up more opportunities for him to go into the slot, where, as I said, he's a yak guy. He's electric after the catch. Uh, I think him dropping two whole rounds from his previous year's ADP, uh, he's the ultimate post-hype sleeper. Does Terrace Marshall scare you at all? Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. I mean, as we talked about why to avoid Jamar Chase, we just don't even see wide receivers take that big leap forward. They have two certified wide receivers with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. I think Terrace Marshall is only going to get in in three wide receiver sets. I don't see him taking a big step in the future, maybe. But for this year, I, I think I'm scooping up all the value on DJ Moore that I can get. Honestly, I... My rebuttal to my question would have been, you know, even if he was T Higgins from last season, you know, that rookie season he had, I forget how many catches, but he had 900 yards, super productive, highly productive for a rookie. Even if he were to have that kind of production in year one, that's about what Curtis Samuel had last year. So I wouldn't be worried at all about Terrace Marshall, but I know that might be putting a lot of people off on, on DJ Moore because his ADP is still really far back there. He's one of those middle round guys. So you kind of get him at a discount. If you're in a three wide receiver league and he's your wide receiver three, I don't think you could ask for much better. Yeah, I, I like that pick a lot. Uh, for me, Dak Prescott comes to mind for me, but I felt like he was the obvious choice. So I went in a different direction. My pick is George Kittle. In 2018, he was a second year breakout tight end, catching 88 passes for 1,300 yards and five touchdowns. His numbers cooled off slightly in 2019, catching 85 passes, but for only 1,053 yards and then five touchdowns. He missed two games that year. Last season, he only played in eight games, and the 49ers, they had that carousel at quarterback. Kittle finished as the tight end 19 last season, but still managed 12.6 half PPR points per game, which was third among all tight ends. He's got a third round ADP, which is still a premium price to pay for a tight end. I know you like TJ Hawkinson, who you can get in the fifth, but Kelsey is going in the first and Waller's going in the second. With Kittle, you'd be able to grab your RB1 and your wide receiver one in the first two rounds or two running backs or two wide receivers, whatever your preference is there. The injuries Kittle's dealt with could be a cause for concern, but he returned from the MCL sprain last season after only missing two games. And then he even returned from the broken foot playing in the final two games for the 49ers, racking up 11 catches for 160 yards. I'm all about George Kittle. He has the potential to be the overall tight end one. I know Kelsey's been that for the last few years, but Kittle has it in him. I love George Kittle. He's my guy. Yeah, I I like it. I dig it. Sometimes I feel like that injury prone label gets thrown around a lot. Like anyone can break a bone. That's not recurring soft tissue injuries that 
constantly limit the on-field production. Like a broken bone, you heal from it. It's not lingering. You move on. Uh, I, I like George Kittle. I would still take Kelsey and Waller straight up, but if you're picking in the middle of the third round, he could be a great snag. Yeah, anybody can break a bone, but unless you're Mr. Jones in the old milk commercials, you, <laughs> it's not likely. Like something that catastrophic has to happen. You had to be unlucky for that to happen. Um, I've only broken one bone in my body. I drink milk. I'm assuming Kittle drinks some sort of milk or has vitamin D in his diet, so I think it'll be okay. For me, when I think of the 49ers, I think of Debo and Kittle. I think of those Yak brothers, right, the two guys that are huge yards after the catch. Get them the ball in space on a slant or a crossing route and let them just do some damage. And if he stays healthy, he's going to do that. Like I watched him play the Eagles who have a decent defense and he got 180 yards on like 12 catches. Like they just, when he's on a mission, you can't stop him. So I love him as your choice. here. All right. Any honorable mentions, any dark horse candidates you guys had? So I mentioned it in previous episodes, the touchdown regression is going to hit with Cooper cup. If we're projecting a step forward in the Rams offense with Matthew Stafford behind center and positive touchdown regression with Cooper cup, and Cam Akers getting injured, so they might run through the air, similar to how we saw the Steelers do that last year. I think Cooper Cup is a great mid-round snag that you could also get. Yeah, I, I don't understand. I, Woods is going as like wide receiver 17 or 18. Um, Cup's going as like wide receiver 22, 23, 24 range. I guess the assumption is they're both on the same team, so they're going to steal from each other. But like all of the conversations are Matthew Stafford's in town. This McVay offense is phenomenal, and it's creative, and it gets and there's no really clear-cut number one one running back in town like there's no reason why both these guys can't finish top 15 honestly so yeah he's he's huge for me i had uh one that was health-based it is saquon barkley um, we're waiting for him to put a whole healthy season together if he does he legitimately has the potential to be the 1.01 pick next year like he's got the talent the explosiveness the athleticism that offense you would the offensive line's terrible but it doesn't really matter i still think saquon's kind of guy that can have like eight carries for 10 yards in the first half and then three carries for 75 yards and two touchdowns in the second half. Like that's just the talent that he has. So you want to see him stay healthy for a full season and just explode. And then also Juju, we talked about Juju a lot on here. I think where you're getting is awesome. And I just love Juju Smith Schuster as a person going to prom with kids who don't have prom dates, um, turning down more money, staying in town saying, Hey, give me another year to prove what I can be to you guys. Cause I want to be here. I love the player. And I think if they use him right in the slot, he can, he can do a lot of damage. So. I'll agree with you on uh, Saquon Barkley. I mean, we saw Wayne Gallman be productive in the same offense behind the same offensive yeah. line. So I think there's potential. I do think he could be a trade for target, if, especially if he starts off slow coming. I mean, he just now entered practice in training camp, but I like Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he got like 19.6% of the target share last year. I still think he's their go-to. I think he's looking to get the back. Like this year with COVID, the salary cap dropped significantly. I think he took the one-year deal as a prove-it deal so that he can sign a max contract somewhere else next year. So I think he's on a prove-it deal. It's going to incentivize him to stay on the field and i think that he has something to prove and will do really well he can't afford to sit out a few games to let some minor injury heal he's going to play through stuff i like those picks my two uh, honorable mentions were injury related guys who are probably more likely to win the comeback player of the year award than george kittle but that's saquon barkley we already talked about him and dak prescott obviously dak got off to a hot start last year he's capable of doing that we've seen him pass for 4900 yards before that's a, in a 16 game season so if he stays healthy all year, that offense is still clicking and that defense still sucks as it projects to. I think he could be in line for those types of numbers and that comeback player of the year award. Real quick, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, either of you, 
brilliant football minds. Are any of you concerned that Dak Prescott felt the need to get a second opinion on an MRI for his shoulder? Did he get a second opinion or just a second MRI to monitor if it's healing That's, like they thought? Yep. I read some Eagles beat reporters who are a little swayed. So let's. Uh... He has been practicing, but he's thrown the last two days. So, I mean, it's not like he's on the shelf. He, he's out there trying to play, trying to get right. I think they were just taking an extra precaution. And when does Hard Knocks come out? When do we get the second episode? Is that out yet? It's on right now on my TV in here. I have it muted. So see, we'll, we'll get our intel here in a little bit. So I'm not concerned. I'm not either. I'm just at, I'm just playing devil's advocate, proposing the question. Because, um, you know, you hear a lot of training, training camp buzz or yeah. just news, and you just have to kind of sift through it. I like Dak Prescott. Like right now, if I were drafting this evening – and I was eyeballing Dak Prescott and similar quarterbacks in that area like Kyler Murray, then I'd probably pivot. But I think all this stuff will work itself out in the next couple of weeks when you should be drafting. Dak's my number one quarterback overall. So I've got him pushed down a little bit if you're looking at my rankings. Not the overall. Don't look at overall. I've got to fix that. That's overall, and I was like, what is happening? Uh, I did look at what fantasy pros, what they do. There's some algorithm. I don't know how they decide it. Have you looked at the rankings I sent you, Matt? Uh, no, I haven't got a chance to okay. look at it. All right, guys. Good discussion today for the listeners. If you haven't done so already, please hit the subscribe button on your podcasting platform. Subscribe to the show's YouTube channel and hit us up on the socials. So at 58WKingPodcast on Twitter and also on Instagram. It would mean a lot to us. Final thoughts, guys? Yeah, if you're a friend of either me, Tony, or Kendall's or the friend of the show's, even if you don't like listening to podcasts, just download all the episodes and delete them. Get our numbers up. I'm going to go there. Where's on the brink, on the precipice of getting spot legitimate sponsorship for this podcast. And we need your help. Poland can't carry all the weight on their own guys. We know some of you. We went to school with some of you. You're not going to hear this. Maybe we should clip this little part and I can post that online. Get on it. My tax guy is listening and he just, he doesn't want you to, to continue to stop. <laughs> stop talking about the sponsorship. Use your VPNs, uh, download from a Poland VPN so we can get our Poland numbers up. Yes. yes. Also, Poland's Netflix queue is fantastic. So it's your, if you sign up for that Poland uh, VPN, it's not going to be just a download. You're going to get a lot of other good perks out of that, just so, you, just so we're clear. Pro tips. All right. Our next episode will feature our mid-round targets. So if you find yourself lost in the middle rounds of your mock drafts, be sure to tune in for that one. Thanks for listening, guys. We're out. All right, guys. Have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.